Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KMOX is at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Now, here's your host, Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, good gardening. We are live and lively from Shop and Save Florissant. That's 175 Flower Valley Shopping Center. It's the intersection of Hall, High, Halls Ferry, New Halls Ferry, and Lindbergh. As you know, we are here live and lively, and to prove it, joining me right now is Caleb. Caleb, how are you? Good. And what are you here for today? We're here to put um, items in people's cots. Take items out of people's cars. <laughs> and then you're going to put it in this giant Goodwill trailer, correct? Yes. Okay. And Jack, what do you think? Are you going to, how do you decide who gets to pick the stuff out and who, what size box and everything else? Is it's, it scientific? No. No, it's not. Just, it's just who gets it first. <laughs> so you guys run to the car to see who can get the stuff out first. Well, great. So can people get your autograph or anything when they come? No. No, they can't get your autograph? Whoa. So, see, that's a bummer. Well, thanks, you guys. So I'll be talking to John a little bit later. And uh, so, and folks, as you know, now you know the location. How's your garden? How's your plants? How's your house plants? And what's on your mind? This is your show, and I'm here to help you make some good, sound decisions. And remember, healthy plants mean work, timing, and information. So you can call 314 314- 436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. But, of course, the real brains behind this live and lively broadcast is producing back in studio is, I believe, Samantha's still there and Greg. And then, of course, Ryan is here. He's the remote engineer. He's been here since, uh, I think, uh, Thursday. So he's been making sure everything really worked well. I'm Mike Miller, by the way. I've written five gardening books. Two are currently available at various locations. And I also write articles from the Missouri Gardener magazine. My website, MikeMillerDesigns.com, has monthly updates. And also, if you'd like for me to come to your home and do a walk and talk, which is sort of an evaluation of your landscape, answering the questions you have and everything else, you can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com. On the homepage, you can find my email address and phone number, and you can contact me, and I'll come to your home. So, This past week, I was at various locations. And now, the Good Gardening Stroll, which is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. It was really a spectacular sunrise followed by a beautiful Earth Day early morning. I headed north to Alaska. Whoa, I didn't think I was going to make it in time. Well, maybe I didn't go quite to Alaska. I went to Florissant, though, the corner of Lindbergh and New Halls Ferry. That's where the Flower Valley Shopping Center is, and that's where you can drop off donations for Mears Goodwill. And so that was the two guys that I was just talking to previously. They're here to take the stuff out of your car, so you don't have to worry about doing anything else. And this Shop and Save is hosting an Earth Day celebration at 12 different stores. And then also there's going to be a collection point at the St. Charles Family Arena. 
So if you've got stuff you want to get rid of, clothing and all that other stuff, please, though, don't bring any TVs. They don't want TVs. TVs seem to be problematic. But the Boy Scouts and Mears Good, Goodwill are putting this whole thing together. As I pulled into the parking lot here, the islands throughout the parking lot were freshly mulched. Some planted with boxwood, some with deciduous trees. Most of them seem to be maples, already flowered, and already the seeds have been set. And the leaf buds are starting to open up, too. There is some blue rug junipers and some bolder accents. And uh, some neatly pruned burning bushes as well. Towering light posts way above... The parking lot for later on in the day and from all sorts of directions you could just kind of activity is really starting to build up here in this this shopping center and we're right next to the goodwill collection trailer which is at the bottom of the grassy slope parallel to Limburg, and it's near the uh shop and save sign with all the other destinations as well in the shopping center and it's highlighted by three vibrant golden or green arborvitae. It's another perfect day to think about yourself and Mother Earth. This is Mirth Day. Mirth day. No, Earth Day. <laughs> so if you do have any questions, concerns, or comments, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We'll be coming back right after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with your host, Mike Miller, on KMOX. Yes, folks, we're on a remote location, and it's sponsored by, hosted by, Shop and Save. And they're here. We're here to take donations at 11 different Shop and Save stores, but we happen to be at the one in the Flower Valley Shopping Center in Florissen. And the donations can be dropped off at all the locations between 8.30 and 3 today only. And that's the 21st. Of course, you can drop off other things on other dates, but we're talking about specifically today. So uh, why don't you come by, drop off some stuff. You know, if you look around your house, you probably got a bunch of junk that could really help out some other people and it's help out especially Goodwill. That would be fantastic. And the Goodwill and Boy Scouts would like to thank everybody who stops by we've got boy scouts here to take the stuff out of your car so you don't have to worry about anything let's go now to the phones let's go to lake st louis and go into julia's yard hi julia uh-oh julia you're gonna have to turn your radio down Whoops, guess you. Suresh, she lives in Wildwood. Suresh, how are you today? Pretty good. How are you? Very good. I just have a question. Like my wife, you know, she's planting a, like in, in inside the house plant. And she used that uh, Miracle Grow potting mix. And then she's adding the topsoil. And I noticed that, you know, a lot of times I see the bugs is flying in. Should I mix that one or just using only the uh, Miracle Potting Mix only? Yeah, use the Miracle Potting Mix only. Do not mix topsoil in with that at all, especially if these plants are being grown inside only. You don't need to bring in stuff from the outside like that. And the miracle Grow Potting Mix will not have any kind of problems related, at least initially, unless it comes in with the plant material that, uh, you know, related to any fungus gnats or anything else. So use the potting mix only. Which one do you suggest a miracle uh, uh, growing, you know? Is a pot with uh, like a fertilizer or something? 
No, don't don't get the ones with the fertilizer mixed in because you're going to have to routinely fertilize your plants anyway. And that slow release fertilizer, I've just not been very happy with how well it actually performs with the plant material. So I would say just regular straight potting mix. That's all you really need. Thank you, Mike. Have a wonderful well, day. Well, thank you. Well, thank you, and thanks for having me on your show. And now let's go to Crevecore, and that's where Joanne lives. Joanne, how are you today? I'm good. So we have a circular patio in our backyard, and it was ringed by some juniper bushes. Um, and last year they just all died, and I assume it was old age or, um, or the fact that we planted some big shade trees and they weren't getting enough sun. So we have a pin oak and a tulip tree and a linden tree that ring, that shade this patio. So my husband wants to put some new bushes in there. So what do you suggest? How close are these trees to the patio where these plants are going to be installed? Oh, about a foot. Wow, the oh, no, trees no, are that the close? Oak, no, the pin oak. You mean the big trees? The They're big about, trees, the big shade trees. Um, six, so eight feet. That's pretty close. The reason why I'm asking that is because the root system of these trees are going to be problematic for anything that you are going to install. So just understand that's the case. So if I was going to look at something, I would probably consider in this circumstance, which is going to be very, very tough for these plants, and these are fairly tough plants, getting the Hicks, H-I-C-K-S, Hicks U. And that's a U that grows straight up. All you have to do is control the height. It won't grow out over probably the width-wise, even at maturity, is only going to be about 15 inches or so. And that way, you know, in their shade tolerant, they should be able to compete somewhat with the tree roots. But if these trees are mature and they're creating shade on your patio, it's going to be trouble for them. Oh, okay. So, I mean, realistically, maybe consider a ground cover like a liriope, L-I-R-I-O-P-E, also called monkey grass, and maybe get the one that has yellow stripes on the, on the leaves, on the blades. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of likes the privacy of the right. So it's just going to be competitive. Trees are brutes. They don't really like to share anything at all. So if these trees are that close, when you dig down to have these plants installed, there's probably going to be a whole lot of roots right in that, you know, in that spot or that location. And that's what's going to cause the trouble for anything. So even shade tolerant plants cannot necessarily compete with tree roots. Yeah. Okay. Okay, thank you. Certainly. Good luck, Joanne, and hopefully you can figure out something that's going to give you the privacy you need. But the Hicks U, don't get the other type. The Hicks U grows straight up. It doesn't grow out like the, let's see, the Densiformis or the Nigra. So thanks, Joanne. And now let's go back to Julia in Lake St. Louis. Good morning. I'm, I'm calling in regards to my ivy. Um, I've had it for maybe 20-some-odd years, and this early spring... It was so dead looking, it wasn't appealing at all. And I took and we moved and changed all the ivy. We left the roots, and now the roots are just there. Now, will they come back? Probably not. Probably not. Right. So, in other words, what happens is, you know, the, this colony of ivy has gotten old. 
and if you remove the, the top of the, you know, I mean, a lot of the broadleaf plants, I'm assuming this is an evergreen ivy, broadleaf plants suffered in January due to the cold snap that we had. So they probably got a little bit of, you know, winter burn from that, but overall the, the colony is older anyway, so if all the foliage has been cut off or removed, uh, the chances of the root system still surviving is going to be pretty minimal. I don't say that you need to go out right now and start yanking this stuff out, but if you don't see any new growth coming, so any foliage coming off, the, let's say, where the stems are that remain by, let's say, first to mid-May, in other words, within a month, then those, you know, this is going to be just a, a giant mess for you. That's what I was afraid of. Well, thank right. you ever so much. I appreciate your show. Well, thank you for having me on your show. And now let's go to David, and David lives in Oakville. Hi, David. Good morning. I have two Hi. questions. First of all, how many of the holly uh, trees or bushes uh, got affected by the uh, harsh uh, freeze? This 100%. Okay. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but the majority definitely got it. Okay. And what should we do? Well, there's not really too much you can do. Just make sure that, you know, there's no, you don't rush necessarily out and do any fertilizer or anything like that. But the, any of the foliage has turned brown due to the cold. That foliage, you know, I've been to some people's houses where it was only the edge of the leaf, the holly leaf. I've been to places where the whole leaves were totally brown due to the cold. It was all exposure, wind chills, and all that other, all those other factors. So there's really nothing you can do. You can wait for a little bit and see, you know, and because this foliage is going to drop off. There should, if these plant stems, branches are healthy, they should be pushing out some new growth real soon. So in other words, new, let's say, leaves. And so, if, as you know, the holly or most of the broadleaf evergreens, as a, as the branches elongate closer to the center, the trunks and that sort of thing, there is no foliage. It's only really on the exterior. So this is going to be, you know, something where just kind of hold your breath a little bit and see what's going to happen because it, it may end up being an aesthetic disaster. Hopefully the plants were healthy enough that they're going to be able to survive through this because everybody should know or understand that Water and nutrients come up from the root system. It's sent up to the, all through the veins, out to the leaves of all plants, regardless of whether it's needles or whether it's leaves, it doesn't matter. And those leaves use sunlight to make food, and then it shares that food with all the other uh, parts of the tree, shrub, whatever it happens to be. So if there's no leaves, no healthy leaves, then the chances of there being, uh, you know, let's say a, a good healthy plant for the long term is somewhat minimal. I'm not saying take them out or anything else, just understand it could be a couple years for recovery. Okay, second question has to do with pine straw around dogwoods, flowering dogwood trees. Should be fine. So in other words, dogwoods like acidic. It? Yeah, if you, if you have access to it. So uh, dogwoods like acidic soil and the pine needles are you know acidic. So consequently, you're adding a mulch that's going to help the, the soil pH. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Great. Yeah, and I'll tell you one other thing, too. Uh, related to your hollies or anything that's suffered some damage, broadleaf evergreens, boxwood, azaleas, rhododendrons, and euonymus, 
Once you start to see some new growth occurring, then go ahead and get an acid-based fertilizer and go and give them a little food. Whatever the label says, only give them about half label rate because they're not going to be able to absorb all the nutrients that are there anyway. So half label rate and just, you know, I like mixing powders and water and just pouring it around the root system. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Yep. Thank you. And Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline. We are live and lively from Flower Valley Shopping Center. And it's a Goodwill Boy Scouts of Greater St. Louis are holding an Earth Day donation drive. It's going to be from 830. There's already some people dropping off stuff. And it's not even 830 yet. It shows you how versatile these Boy Scouts are. And I saw them taking this stuff out of the car. So today between 830 and 3 o'clock. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service on KMOX. Yes, folks, Florissant Valley Shopping Center, that's where we're going to be broadcasting until 10 o'clock today. If you do have any questions, you can give us a call at 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. What are we doing at Florissant Valley Shopping Center? Well, it's a combination effort between Mears Goodwill and the Boy Scouts of Greater St. Louis. They're, they're holding an Earth Day donation drive today between 8.30 and 3 o'clock. And Shop and Save was nice enough to host this circumstance here, but it's also at a 10 other stores besides this one and at the Family Arena in St. Charles. So all kinds of stuff. I've seen people, I mean, they've really come in with a whole lot of things. They've had their trunks filled, their back seats were filled as well. So bring it by, but just don't bring any TVs, please. So let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Jay, and Jay lives in South St. Louis. Hi, Jay. Good morning, Mike. I have an I have an area of bamboo about four foot wide and ten foot long that is apparently uh, dead. Uh, if I trimmed the top of it, which I shouldn't have done last year. My question is, uh, I'm thinking about uh, trimming it all down about what foot above. What could I plant in that area? I think the bamboo come back, uh, but in the meantime, I'd like to any ideas? Uh, you're breaking up a little bit, but is this like the Golden Groove bamboo, the bamboo, this is classic real bamboo that grows here? Yes. Okay, so I wouldn't worry too much. Severe winter can really make the top, you know, make the all the foliage and everything turn brown, and sometimes even the canes will turn brown. I would say cut it off at ground level and just be patient. And if you don't see any new growth by, which I, I can't believe this won't happen, I think you will see new growth by the 1st of June, then go ahead and remove the root system if you, because there's probably going to be some aspects of it that is still going to be alive. But to remove, the, you know, remove that and then decide what you want to put in that space at that time. But I think it should be fine. It just got some winter burn as a result of what happened in January with that cold weather. Well, I have other areas that is already turning, uh, turning green. Uh, this particular area, uh, I don't want to dig up the roots because I know it will come back. But in the meantime, is there something that, that I could put some uh, like flowering seeds or something in that area just to get something growing? Uh, as far as for just spring, or if, are you talking about for the entire summertime, or what are you, what are you looking at? Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm okay. I would say go ahead, 
get some, for right now, I would probably go to your favorite garden center and get some sweet alyssum. A-L-Y-S-S-U-M. There, it's fragrant. It stays relatively low. It's basically a ground cover. It'll look like a carpet of snow in this area. It'll be able to grow in until the bamboo starts growing up. And it will self-seed, so it could come back year after year after year. That's the plant I would use in that location. Okay, very good. Thank you much. Yeah, I would use the white sweet alyssum as opposed to the purple because the purple is not quite as, let's say, invasive. It doesn't drop quite as many seeds. But the white sweet alyssum, there's also seeds as well. So, I mean, it's a very tough, durable plant. All right, Gray, Jay. And now let's go to Mike, and Mike's in Oakville. Hi, Mike. Okay, fine. I went out this morning to get my newspaper, and I noticed where my driveway meets my lawn there's a nice trail of dirt going all the way down to the sidewalk and then halfway down the sidewalk what is that that's basically your base your driveway heats up too much and you cannot really have successful lawn in that circumstance the you'd be surprised how many people have the same circumstance as what you're experiencing now you're going to say well maybe my neighbors don't have it but for the most part driveways heat up too much it really kind of burns the root systems of many different kinds of plants and you know if you're not going to you know if you're not having let's say weeds growing that location yeah. that it's really tough and durable also when people get out of their car they you know they stomp on the ground they compact the soil and everything else so this is just a real rough spot to have any kind of lawn or pretty much any kind of plant grow and be successful i mean i i mean this is the first time that i really noticed it you know in fact there was in fact yesterday there was, there was no dirt along the sidewalk yesterday, but this morning there was a nice trail of dirt. I mean, a nice trail going down the sidewalk. For it to happen overnight, I would say sell your house and run away. This sounds scary to me. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, for overnight, that's maybe you just weren't paying you know, that much no, attention. No, no, because, because I had it on my driveway yesterday and I cleaned it up, but it was, there was none on the sidewalk area but oh. now there is a trail of dirt going down would that be a mole maybe a uh, mole is going to just raise soil up if you just see individual mounds of soil that could yeah. be a mole no but, but for, this is you one know, trail of dirt so if if it's just elevated up it wouldn't be on your sidewalk because moles can't push soil over you know other than raising it up as a tunnel looking for earthworms okay one thing to be between the where my sidewalk is and the grass, there's about a maybe about a good one inch or so space. So could could have ground just come out of there then? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I mean, a mole could have tunneled along there, because okay, well, once it butts its head against the sidewalk yeah. or driveway or whatever it happens to be, it's going to go. Yikes! I got to go around this thing, so it's going to run parallel to it to try to get around it. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. Sure. Good luck with that. I guess I misunderstood exactly what you were speaking of. And so let's see if we can get one more call in. Uh, Maria, how are you today? Just fine, thank you. Good. Go ahead. Uh, how do you totally get rid of daylilies? We've had them for quite a while, and Roundup isn't doing the trick. Uh, basically, you may be, Roundup should kill them. But it may take a couple applications, not just in, you know in one application. But go out there; the foliage is really new right now. Stomp on it, and then do an application of Roundup when the weather's you know when the temperature's a little bit higher. Oh, really? Stomp on them? That's a good idea. 
blood. Yeah, what you're doing is you're up. just opening up wounds, and then that will enable the Roundup to get in there a little bit quicker. Because daylily foliage, because the way the blades are shaped, sometimes the, the, you know, the herbicides just kind of run off and don't become quite as effective. Okay, good, because their roots seem so deep. That, right, they are. They're tough. Yeah. I know. Okay, well, I'm going to stomp today then. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, take some music out there with you so you can okay. stomp really good. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, Bye-bye. thank you. And Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Once again, here's Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, if you have any questions about your landscape, your houseplants, your lawn, your trees, your shrubs, this spring has been a little bit extended. Uh, your houseplants could have been out. I took mine out uh, probably a week or so ago, but some of those days when the temperature was, they kept saying, freeze warning, freeze warning. But I have them pretty close to the house, so I got no damage you know, from that circumstance at all. But just be cautious of that. And if you're taking your houseplants out and they've been inside all winter long and everything else, do not set them in direct sunlight immediately, even if they're sun-tolerant houseplants, because they will get sunburned, I guarantee you. So put them in part shade for a couple, you know, for a month or so, and then acclimate them slowly but surely to the full sun circumstance. And a gentleman sent me an email, and this is from the Missouri Department of Conservation here on an Earth Day celebration type circumstance. They have declared the Bradford pears and the calorie pears, those are the trees that are in flower right now, just beautiful as far as the flowering goes. But when you drive around St. Louis, Warren County, and St. Charles County, you can see what these Bradford pears, they do produce little fruits, little seeds, and the birds obviously love them. And consequently, while you drive along the highway, when you see trees, white trees in flower, those are pear trees. So those aren't dogwoods, those aren't, you know, service berries, those aren't the native type plants that we have here. So this is, may become a circumstance very similar to what the honeysuckle did, be overly invasive and aggressive. So just realize that. So the, again, the Missouri Department of Conservation has declared the Cowrie and Bradford pear cultivars as an invasive species here in our region. So, I mean, they're spectacular in flower now and they're all over the place, but you can see where they're going. They're coming and starting to infill lots of different places. Let's head south to High Ridge and go into Jim's yard. Jim, how are you today? Yeah, Jim. Oh, Jim, that's right, me. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, Two questions. One is about mulch. Staining mulch that uh, is perfectly good, but it's lost its color. Is there a special type of spray you can use that will not hurt shrubs or trees? As far as being able to recolor it yourself, other than probably raking it a little bit, you're not going to be able to do too much. The dyes that, the, let's say, like St. Louis Composting uses for the mulch, they're very specific, and I don't think that's going to be readily available for you know, the homeowner to use and making it, you know, making the application so you're going to actually change the color of your mulch, that's going to be probably pretty iffy. If something, if anything else, I don't know how deep your mulch is or what it's around, but you could always just add a thin layer of mulch over the top of your existing mulch to give you the color that you want. Okay, now I'm trying to raise some hostas and some mums, and what I did last year after they both bloomed, I took the deadheads off. 
And I planted them in some uh, miracle potting mix here a couple of weeks ago, and I got him sitting outside. Is that possible? Can I do that or not? Because I have raised mums by taking clippings off of it, and if I put that special additive on the stem in order to get them grow, and that works fine. Right. You can do it that way, but to try to grow it from spin flowers is going to be probably, it'll be fun to watch, but there's nothing going to happen. Okay. And All same right, with the hostas. Yeah, I'm same sorry. with the hosta seeds. They're not going to, you know, I've never really seen hostas being grown from seed. It's always from divisions. So definitely with the mums and with the hostas, you know, seeds, heads, you're not going to get anything out of them. Because I heard from one of the big box stores, I'm not going to mention its name, that you can purchase a stain from them to redo your mulch by diluting it and put it in a tank sprayer and spray it. Maybe that's true. I've, you know, Normally my answers are related to things that I've had experience with or known people that have had experience with it, but I don't know. There may be something that works very well. I would always, before I applied something like that, read the label very carefully in relationship to impact on what type of plant material that you're going to be spraying the mulch around. Okay. Hey, thank you for your service. Well, thank you for having me on your show. If anybody else has any questions, we've got a few more minutes in this hour, so you can give us a call at 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. As you head out to your favorite garden center now, anything that's going to be available in the garden center is going to be able to be planted. So even though you know the ground is still a little bit cool, and I'm in flip-flops today, I've been wearing flip-flops for the last couple of days because I want my feet to experience what the plant material experiences. So, yeah, yeah, it's, I, I wish they had a heater here. We're here that's remote and they didn't even bring a heater or anything for us. But anything, it's just, I mean, I'm disgusted. But anyway, so trees, shrubs, perennials, lots of annuals. Don't get into too much of an anxiety factor as far as related to tomatoes and peppers and some of the warm season vegetables. Because, yes, you can put them in the ground. No, they probably won't die, but they won't do anything. They're just going to be sitting there and sitting there and sitting there. So just watch out about that. Don't get too anxious about things. Make sure that you're keeping your, your lawn mowed. Because that's very, very important. If you let your lawn blades elongate, even the cool season lawn, like the bluegrasses and fescues, what happens is if we have a, you know, let's say a, a rainy spell, you could end up with some major fungus problems there as well. So let's go now to Jerry, and Jerry lives in Florissant. Hi, Jerry. Hey, Mike. How you doing? I'm a few miles away from you. All uh, right. I had poinsettias in how, inside the house since Christmas, and... They're getting a little ragged. I was wondering, can I take them outside now and maybe they could come back? Yeah, don't put them in the direct sun, just like I was talking about. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, ragged meaning they've lost their lower leaves? Well, the, the, all the stems are still green, but there's not many leaves left. Okay, so probably what my tendency would be is to go ahead and move them outside, and I would, you know, how many stems do you have coming out of each pot? Well, probably uh, two or three, four, something like that. It's, yeah, it's just nice cut. Pot. Yeah, just cut half of them down to about three to four inches. Leave the other ones, you know, elongated as they are now, and just see which one's going to create the, you know, the most growth the soonest. Okay. Will, will I get any kind of foliage this summer, possibly? You should, yeah. Okay. And I'll take them outside now and cut them down to three or four inches. Right. You don't, have, don't cut all the stems. Leave a couple of them still elongated. Okay. Okay. Thank you. 
Yep, and uh, don't. Uh, I'm going to repeat this again. Don't put them in direct sun right now because when you first move them outside, it's just going to sunburn the stems and everything else. So, and just watch out. Poinsettias are from Central America, from Mexico, and places like that. So, don't let the pots get too dry because that's bad for them as well. Let's go to Larry, and Larry lives in Baldwin. Hi, Larry. Oops. Oh, so, <laughs> you mean that's what that red line means? Susie in Maryland Heights. Hi, Susie. Hi. Um, I wanted to tell you that the person that called in about dirt on his driveway, um, I have mulch, you know, all over. And, uh, and along the driveway, there is about an inch where there is no grass. And I go out there, and it's, it's all, you know, the mulch is all over the driveway and everything. And it's birds. The birds get out there, and I've cleaned it up, and the next day it's the same thing. And in my case, it's birds. So in his case, it may be birds. I don't know how much dirt he has. <laughs> but that's what happens here. <laughs> Well, that's because Maryland Heights is a very scary place, and you have some very dangerous birds. No, I mean that could, I didn't even think about the bird circumstance. But yeah, yeah I mean that could, you know that's certainly a possibility. They and, dig you know, up, you know, around the sidewalk, around the driveway. So I, right, and we have uh, crows here that come, you know, from the river, and and big birds, and they just get out there and dig and dig, and the next morning I I never see them digging, but I I'm I know that's what it is. Yeah, well, I live in South City, and we have robins that do that. They yeah. go out there, and they start looking. They, you see their heads turn where they're trying to listen for something, and they think, all right, there it is. There's that millipede or whatever they're going after. And then they, you know, start digging around. But yeah, uh, you must that you might mention that to him, that, yeah. you know, that, that it, it's birds. I don't think it's moles at all. You know, it, okay, it might I, be in his case. But. Right. But, uh, no, I don't need to mention it because you did. Now, I guess uh, I'm going to have to turn the garden hotline over to you because you're obviously smarter than I am. No, my plate anyway. is full with dandelions. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I love dandelions in somebody else's yard. That yellow uh, color is just, I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. But not next door. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, actually, I have dandelions across the street. The people there, they love dandelions, too, and they just let them grow. So right. anyway, thanks, Susie, for the insight. I didn't even think about birds. I guess that's because I'm, uh, I'm freezing to death up here and way up north, north to Alaska, of course. And we do have another hour of the Garden Hotline. So if you do have any questions, concerns, or comments, we're gonna, we have Larry, Joyce, and Chris that are still, you know, will be holding on. So, and thanks to Samantha and thanks to Greg for producing back in the studio. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after the news. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.